Hey, yo, give me a shot at it. Go, New York. Go, New York. Go. We'll be back. What's up? How about Game 7? Kevin Herter is what's up. Oh, my. Ladies and gentlemen, the man himself is back on. We had to get him on a little little special edition of the show. Um, Liam's back. Um, and the Hawks are back in the conference finals. Or the, the Hawks are back in the conference finals. I never thought I'd be hearing those words this year. Oh, baby, remember that awful squad, Jeff Teague? Kyle oh. Corver was in the mix. Four All-Stars on that team. Four All-Stars. Who was the, the fourth? Damari Carroll. Damari Carroll's on there. Paul Millsap, the Al Horford. Who was the coach? Budenholzer? Yeah, Coach Bud. There we go. The Coach Let's... Bud Revenge Series coming up. I know, man. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, early early prediction. I, I'm loving what I'm seeing from the Hawks, but I can't imagine they're going to pull this off three times in a row. I mean, they were clearly, in my opinion, the more talented team in the first round. I thought they dispatched to the Knicks pretty easily, but the fact that they took down the Sixers is honestly more of an indictment on the Sixers than it is on the Hawks. Like, the Sixers should have won that series point blank, and I would be absolutely stunned if the Hawks managed to do it to the Bucks. But I would love to see it because I am loving this this Trey Young show and the Kevin Herter show as well. No, I, I gotta agree. We're, we're gonna start with Atlanta first, man. But um, uh, from an analytical standpoint, Trey Young did not have a good game. Um, he was one for seventeen at one point, or one for one for twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, as a coach. In Game Seven, the last thing you want is your is your superstar player uh, forcing shots. I think that you I, I and I can agree on that. I think in that situation, they're gonna go back and look at film and kind of tell Trey to you know if if the shot isn't falling, there's no need to force it. Uh, just kind of play within the team, right? You know, Kevin Herter's cooking, right? Twenty seven points. Um, first lead led the team in scoring tonight. Um, second was obviously Trey Young with twenty one, but uh, if if Kevin Hurd is going, man, there's no need to not give him the ball. Uh, he's proven that he can score. Uh, he's proven now that he has the big-time ability. So I, I think um, when they study film, uh, what is what, Sunday? When they look at film Monday, uh, Monday night, I think the coaching staff has to kind of drill it into Trey Young's head that he doesn't have to do everything himself. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And that's, the, that's really the beauty of Trey Young as a player, right? Like, he's been getting all these staff comparisons for years think that's necessarily the right cop i think trey's such a great playmaker i mean he had 10 assists tonight even though he did shoot five for 23 and that's the best part about this atlanta team is that they have so many different shot creators so many different shooters that they can kick it out to i mean bogdanovich tonight has been there pretty much their second best player for the second half of the season he only scored four points played 21 minutes he didn't really play down the stretch but like that's the luxury of this team is like you can have guys like Gallinari and Herter and Bogdanovich and Lou Williams. And as long as you get like two of them clicking on any given night, you're in pretty good shape for a win with the rebounding that they get from Capella and Collins as well. It's a really well-balanced attack. Trey Young, uh, like I mentioned, is doing a really good job setting his teammates up. But yeah, I, I definitely do agree. I, I think, I mean, he took, took a lot of, took a lot of shots tonight and, some of them were great shots, so they'll definitely focus in on that over the next few days. Now, heading into the series against Milwaukee, right? We look at Milwaukee as a team. We talk about Giannis, P.J. Tucker, uh, Holiday. Um, where do you see the matchup liabilities for Atlanta or even for Milwaukee? Um, I personally think that if I'm, uh, you know, the Hawks coaching staff and Monty Williams – or not Monty Williams, um, 
Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan, fuck. Um, I I think you take a look at Solomon Hill mm-hmm. and let him kind of ride out on uh, on Giannis at the Kumpo, right? Because you're going to have to foul Giannis. Like, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that Giannis is going to not go drive to the rim. So I think you need to save as many fouls as possible from your star player, right? If you have Danilo Gallinari, you know, who had 30 minutes tonight. Uh, Bodon, who's injured with that right knee, had 21 still. I think you need to look at your bench a little bit more and kind of have guys absorb fouls. Um, I could be totally wrong. I could be far off. But I think that heading into the series against Milwaukee, I think you have to open up the rotation just a little bit just to compensate for the fact that Giannis has a lot of pressure on him to do well this series. I think he's going to take a lot more touches than he's used to. Yeah, that's a good call. I think you're definitely going to be seeing some Solomon Hill, probably some Tony Snell out there, just some bodies to throw at Giannis. This is where they're really going to miss DeAndre Hunter. Uh, He hasn't played in the second round. He's going to miss the rest of the playoffs. But he did a great job uh, in the first round locking up Julius Randle. He's really their best perimeter defender. He'd be a perfect matchup for Giannis. Um, So that's that's a tough loss there. But I agree they're definitely going to need to go a little bit bigger against the Bucs. And it's a bit of a tough matchup just because – I mean, we saw the job that Matisse Thibel did on Trey Young tonight and also in this series, and you're going to have a very similar experience to that with uh, Drew Holiday is going to be the primary matchup on Trey Young, and he's obviously an all-NBA defender, so that'll be tough there. But I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's going to be a, an exciting series, and uh, I, I think the big advantage here for the for the Hawks is, is the Clint Capella factor. I think Clint Capella is just far more superior at this point in his career to Brooke Lopez, and um, I think if Clint Capella keeps rolling hard to the rim like he was tonight, I mean, how many times did we see Clint Capella on the lob dunk because Joel Embiid just couldn't guard that pick and roll quick enough? I counted like at least six of them in there from from Trey. Um, so that'll be a tough one for the Bucks to to defend as well. Another issue that I see Milwaukee having is John Collins, man. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you, but I, I didn't really believe in John Collins heading into the season. But as the season kind of progressed, I kind of took notice and 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 – kind of respected his game now, right? He, had, he put up a double-double tonight, came up with some key rebounds. Um, you know, he's a smart kid, takes the odd one or two bad foul in bad situations, but that's going to happen with any player, regardless of how long they've been in the league for. Um, but I genuinely think that John Collins could be the X factor, apart from uh, Trey Young and uh, the bench heading into the Milwaukee season. I think John Collins creates a lot of issues, like you said, with Clint Capella rolling, um, into the paint against Brooke Lopez. I think it kind of forces P.J. Tucker to play a little bit differently uh, than he did play in the last series against, you know, Durant. Um, but that's a big issue I see that Milwaukee has to kind of, you know, get a plan for. Yeah, Collins definitely the X factor in this. I would agree with that. I think he's probably going to be the, the number one matchup for Giannis starting out at least. Um, and... I agree. I always kind of just thought he was kind of a raw athletic big, but he's shown a lot of he's, – he's extended his range out to uh, three-point range this season, and his rebounding has been fantastic. He does a lot of the the in-between sort of things, which wasn't necessarily the case for him the last couple of years of his career, but he's really starting to piece it together. And, and just, again, like another lob threat uh, for Trey to use along with Capella there. No, and, 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 you're, and you're not wrong when you say that. Um, but back to the alley-oop thing, I think that – Doc Rivers, you know, kind of, kind of let the 76ers down. Um, I think a lot, like, I'm not like, 
No, no, I think I think we're gonna have to revoke this man's doctorate. I think this is Glenn Rivers from now on. I mean, this no, man has lost. He's he's lost four game sevens in a row. He hasn't won a game seven since 2015, and this is supposed to be one of the premier coaches in the league. I don't I don't think so anymore. No, and and it frustrates and it frustrates me, right? Because of the talent that Philadelphia has, right? You yeah. got John B, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry is, has come into his own, right? You have a, a still you have an aging Dwight Howard, but he's still doing his job. Um, Tobias Harris had a solid game, forty five minutes, fourteen rebounds, four assists, twenty four points, and Bede had thirty one and eleven. Um, I think Ben Simmons needs a lot of work going into this offseason. Uh, I think Ben's not going to be on Philadelphia by the end of this offseason. I think he's really? the last game as a Sixer tonight. You think so? Yeah, I think it's this is year four now in the playoffs for, for Joel and Ben, and they haven't made it out of the second round, and there's there's clear limitations to Ben's game, and they just keep getting more and more exposed in the playoffs. I mean, I think – I didn't look at the final line, but I'm pretty sure he only took four shots tonight. Uh, looking back at the game – uh, the whole seven game series in the fourth quarter, he took a total of four shots across seven games, four shots. That's supposed to be your starting point guard. And uh, obviously he's a fantastic defender. We all know about that, but why wasn't he guarding Trey young tonight? Why wasn't he even guarding Kevin Herter tonight? He, they had him stashed on Gallinari in the corner. So I don't know what was going on there. Obviously everybody was flaming him for passing up that dunk. You don't pass up a wide open dunk with three minutes left in game seven. This man he literally will not shoot. He refuses to shoot. And he's a lethal transition threat. Him running the break can get pretty much anything he wants. But in the half-court offense, like you saw tonight at the end of the game, the last possession, I think Philly ended up turning the ball over anyway. But the last possession, Ben wasn't even on the court. It was it was Shake Milton and Seth Curry and George Hill because they just cannot trust him in the half-court offense. It's basically Tobias Harris pretty much running the show. Uh, up top or Joel Embiid trying to work out of the high post and Ben Simmons is just standing in the dunker spot. So unless he makes some serious, serious changes to his game, I don't expect him to be on Philadelphia any longer. Well, my, my issue with my issue with the NBA itself is I don't think Ben Simmons is a point guard. No, not at all. I think, I think he's a small forward that because of his size, they try to do what, Le, what they did with what the Lakers did with LeBron and let him play point. And I think it failed miserably. Because the issue, like we look at, like it's a weird comparison to compare LeBron to Ben Simmons, but LeBron at point guard will drive to the basket every every time and shoot the ball. Ben Simmons will drive to the basket and not shoot the ball, mm -hmm. right? So it's it's like essentially you're playing with a a point guard. You're essentially playing four man basketball because if only four guys are taking shots, the defense all they have to do is collapse on the shooters, right? The second Ben Simmons has the ball in his hand, if I'm the Atlanta Hawks defense, I'm giggling because I know he's not shooting the ball. I'm looking at Seth Curry. I'm doubling up on Seth Curry. I'm doubling up on Embiid, doubling up on Milton, doubling up on even uh, Thibault, right? I think I think Ben Simmons needs to understand that I would rather watch him shoot a shot and miss it than him not shoot the ball at all because at least if you're shooting, you're making the defense think about it. You're making them okay. Fine. Now we actually have to play one-on-one -on -one basketball, right? So that's just me. I think that's a big issue that Philadelphia had. I think that's a coaching issue. I think that's Doc Rivers' fault. I think that's the rest of the staff's fault. Um, but I, I genuinely think Ben Simmons needs to be more aggressive. Five points in Game Seven. He only yeah, had I, two. He only had two more than George Hill. Yeah, 
That's terrible. It's, I, I, I agree. I think Ben Simmons has always been miscast as a point guard. He came in um, to a weird situation on a, on a rebuilding, very young process Sixers team. And they basically gave him the keys and said, you're the point guard. And for some reason in the last five years, nobody's ever decided to take the ball out of his hands. They've just kept letting him run point, even though it's, it's not worked. It's a very similar situation to Giannis. Like, I don't think Giannis is a point guard either. I think they're both centers if I'm being realistic. And that's a little weird because of their, ball handling abilities but i mean centers can take the ball up the court now centers can can dribble some centers can pass out of the high post like you look at Jokic, you look at towns right so i what's the disadvantage to putting Giannis and ben simmons at center instead of you know nominally as a point guard when if you're just putting them as a wing or as a guard they're just sort of clogging up the lane for other guys and you could just have them literally start at center and just space it out play five out and then I think that opens up the floor a lot more, especially if the Sixers had like a more traditional point guard on their team, <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Um, <laughs> definitely helped them out a lot. I'm not sure why they didn't trade for him, but long story short, I agree with you 100%. Ben Simmons is not a point guard, and he needs to needs to figure out his game. This is a huge offseason for him. And my my question to you is, who's the person that started the narrative that Ben Simmons can play point guard? Like, I, I, I want to know that because he's not a fucking point guard. Like no, just, because you, no. just because you pass the ball and you get assists doesn't mean you're a point guard. No, you can you're be a point, point forward, guard. right? But like, if you're not gonna, to me, like if you're not gonna guard the other team's point guard, you're not a point guard. And Ben Simmons wasn't guarding Trey Young in this series, and he could have. But and don't get me wrong, Thibault did a great job. It's not like they needed Ben on him, but I, I do think the Sixers need a a, a more traditional point guard and. Ben Simmons, look, he wasn't a point guard in college at LSU. I think that was a Brett Brown decision when he came in to make him a point guard. And like I said, I don't know why nobody's made a change to that since. Like, I, I get experimenting with players, right? Like, when they experimented with LeBron at point guard, um, who else did they kind of experiment with? Uh, uh, Siakam kind of played. Remember Siakam came in the league? They kind of played him as a small forward before they moved him to the four. Yeah. Um. I think there's experiments that make sense, right? Like, you look at LeBron, okay, they experimented with him at point guard, you know, year what? Year 15? Mm-hmm. 15 years later after he came in the league, they tried him at point guard. And, like, that's when he's already proved himself as arguably exactly. the greatest passer of all time. Exactly. But you can't just take a kid fresh out of college, right, and experiment with him right away. you got to let him come to his own, see what he can give you, right? If If he plays small forward, and you tell me that he averages a double-double, you know, 10 and 10, you know, say 56 out of 82 games, he puts up minimum 10 points, minimum 10 rebounds. I'd be like, okay, fine, let him run small forward. But if you're telling me he's putting up 15 assists, right, proven 15 assists and at least uh, 10 to 12 points, I'd be like, okay, that's a fair show. You should let him run a bit of point guard. But if he's going to give you – eight rebounds, 13 assists, five points in game seven. What possesses you to make him run as a point guard? Yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I agree with you 100%. But you think they're running it back with Ben? You think they're trading him if they trade him? Or you think they're trading him too? I, I don't think they move him, man. I, as, much as, as much as, you know, you and I agree on a good amount of things, I think this is the one time I might have to, you know, go the other way. Sure, I, just think no worries. I just think there's too much love. Mm-hmm. Um, for Ben Simmons in within the coaching staff, right? 
he's like their prodigy kid, right? Like he's like yeah, coach's yeah. son. You know what I mean? Coach's son rarely sits out, rarely gets benched. I think yes, there's frustrations within you know the fans in the city with what they have, and like you said, not being eliminated and not doing well in the bubble. I think that's gonna build up. I think they'll give it one more year. I think I think I think this. If by if by halfway through the trade deadline next year, um, Philadelphia doesn't have Ben Simmons taking minimum twenty shots a game, I think they move him. And I think this is gonna sound crazy. I think they trade him for Dennis Schroeder. Oh wow! But now now listen. But but like I know you're gonna rip me apart for this. Ben Schroeder has doesn't want to play in L.A. Right? Yeah. He's kind of said, I don't want to, I don't want to take the three years, 83 million or whatever they offered him. Like you said, Philly's looking for a traditional point guard. Um, Shooter fits that role, passer score, um, good defender. Um, I think that might be the play, right? LA, the Lakers are looking to move Kuzma as well. So you could be looking at a Schroeder Kuzma package for Simmons. Yeah, yeah. That, I, like, those two guys are it definitely. Sounds out, it sounds outlandish, but I could see it. Can I give you a, a fake Simmons trade? I, I'd love to hear it because I just gave you an absolutely brutal one. <laughs> no, yours is good. Yours is good. Uh, so ben Simmons, trade him straight up. I'm going to have to check and see if the cap stuff works, but straight swap for Chris Stapps Porzingis. Really? Mm-hmm. I could see it. I would not be surprised. There's a lot of frustration on both sides on both of those teams there, and I think they're both looking for a shakeup. And I think giving Doncic another ball handler could help could help him. And you know, Porzingis is honestly becoming a bit of a sunk cost at this point, and Philly's got to take some some big swings here if they want to keep Joel Embiid happy. So I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that. Now now I ask you this: If you bring in Kristaps. Why, like, you're essentially getting another big man. You don't really need another big man. You need a guard. See, yeah, I would agree. Kristaps is a giant, but the man plays like a guard. I mean, he plays like Bargnani, right? I Wow, that's a very, that's a very, that's a very good comparison. I'm not going to lie. He's pretty fucking good. He cannot rebound, right? He's he's not, uh, he's not in the pain. He's not clogging up the lane. Like, I, in my opinion, like, Kristaps Porzingis makes more sense on the Sixers than Ben Simmons does because Kristaps is going to be spacing the floor, whereas Ben Simmons is just going to be in the dunker spot right next to the rim. So when Joel drives from the high post, he's running into Ben and Ben's defender, whereas Kristaps is chilling in the corner, spotting up for three. And, you know, that's sort of a flaw of his game as well. But I think it makes a lot more sense on Philadelphia than it does in Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, now that you've kind of broken it down, it makes sense. But um, understanding it from a greater point of view, does Philadelphia really want to get another big man? Like, you have – okay, I'm not going to – this is, this is going to sound terrible, but you have Tobias Harris who can play the four. Yeah. You have Embiid who's a five. Howard's going to be there for another year. Mike Scott is there. I'm not gonna say he plays, but <laughs> you're kind of overloaded on on big men. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if Doc Rivers is gonna be there next year. That's another big thing we have to look at is who the coach is gonna be, right? Because if they run with Doc Rivers, you know Doc Rivers is gonna run the same shit. He's not gonna trade Simmons, despite you know what we say, despite what management probably tells him to do. So it it really comes down to 
who's in charge next year. If Doc Rivers isn't there, because you know all the coaches on the market, and I've lost my fair track of who's on the market, who, in your opinion, do you think Philadelphia goes after? Um, I think Doc will be back. Um, I'm sort of in the same camp as you are with Simmons, where I think they'll give Doc another year. And if it flames out again, they'll, they'll realize it was a mistake. But I do think Doc will be back. I mean, as much as the playoff struggles have sort of plagued him, he, he is a great culture builder, and he did build a, a great winning culture in Philadelphia this year. And it seems like the players really like playing for him. Um, so I definitely don't think they're going to pull the trigger on him this year. But, yeah, you did mention, like, there's a lot of coaching vacancies out in the in the league right now. And, um It'll be interesting to see how those shape out. I think uh, I'm really interested to see where Terry Stotts ends up, uh, former Portland coach. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up making his way back to Dallas. He was an assistant in Dallas on their championship team uh, in 2011, so I think that could be an interesting fit there. But it will be cool to see who Boston hires and then some of the sort of younger rebuilding teams, the Orlandos, the Indianas, the uh, – oh, geez, I think there's one more forgetting but yeah it'll be, it'll be cool to see how that sh- stuff shakes out for sure all right kind of moving forward now we kind of look forward to the the milwaukee atlanta series right kind of looking at milwaukee's team um for the game seven against brooklyn um you know Giannis obviously at 40 uh chris middleton chris middleton 123 brooke lopez with 19 um what do you see milwaukee kind of doing heading into the series to kind of counteract what uh what atlanta has going yeah, that was a great game seven uh, last night too. By the way, the the Milwaukee Brooklyn one that was really entertaining. And honestly, I was absolutely shocked that Milwaukee was able to pull that out. I typically don't have a whole lot of faith in the Bucks team, but credit to them, they've definitely proven me wrong so far this postseason. We'll see what happens uh, going forward here, but um, I would look for definitely them to just sort of keep doing what they're doing. I mean. Giannis was sort of starting to piece it together that he really needs to get off of the perimeter and just start driving it to the rim. His his average shot distance keeps falling down and down and down since shooting a lot more uh, in-close shots, layups and dunks, which is what he needs to do. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out because um, Brooklyn doesn't really have any rim protection. I mean, Kevin Durant's really their best rim protector and Giannis was kind of able to get to the rim at will against him. He has the size advantage against Blake Griffin, so he was sort of taking him off the bounce. But Atlanta is a much bigger team, uh, weirdly enough. So it'll be strange, or it'll be interesting to see uh, how Giannis fares with that matchup when he's sort of he's getting met at the rim by Capella and John Collins now instead of you know Blake Griffin and Joe Harris and whoever else is playing the five for Brooklyn. Uh kind of looking at, at Milwaukee's roster, who do you think kind of gets a, a lot of run here? Do you think they kind of they kind of stack it a little bit and go big uh, go uh, big basketball? They kind of go uh, small ball. I think they go small ball. I think they want to counteract sort of what Atlanta does with the two bigs. So I, th- I would expect Tucker to continue to start um, and to sort of guard any of those, uh, whichever sort of wing shooter Atlanta has going that night. So, Tucker on Gallinari should be a good matchup. He'll get some time on Bogdanovich and and Kevin Harder, and they have Chris Middleton to throw it. There's usually two guy, two of those guys out there. So Tucker and Middleton will be guarding them, and that allows Giannis to sort of roam as like kind of a free safety on defense, which uh, will be pretty interesting. Um, 
So I definitely think they need to make a point of uh, keeping Trey Young out of the middle of the court. He's very dangerous once he gets there because he can either pull up with that floater or throw that lob uh, that I've been talking about. And they really just, they look like the same thing when he does it. It's, he's able to trick the defense because you're not sure if he's shooting or if he's passing it to one of the bigs. So keeping Trey out of the middle is going to be a big point of emphasis for the Bucks. Uh, it's it's going to be weird to see Milwaukee try to figure it out. Um, now, kind of looking at their guard play, you know, we look at DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, uh, Jeff Teague's in the mix, um, Connaughton as well. What, what do you what do you see? Uh, what do you see Milwaukee doing here? You saying uh, they they kind of try to light it up from the outside, or are you the little more uh, interior offense? Uh, I definitely think sort of space and pace type of thing. Atlanta really likes to push the ball. Uh, off of makes and misses, and I would expect uh, Milwaukee to sort of try and do the same thing there. Um, I think it'll be a really up-and-down series, very fast-paced, um, and I think Milwaukee's going to try and match the shooting of Atlanta a little bit. So I would expect a lot of time from uh, Bryn Forbes and Pat Connaughton coming off the bench, maybe instead of guys like uh, Bobby Portis, sort of go to a little bit more of a smaller look, like I was mentioning. Um, now if Mel, if Milwaukee does want to do the space and pace thing, what, what's the key for Giannis here? Do you kind of let him kind of give him a confidence and be like, yo, you have to drive every play or do you kind of say, Hey, you know, take your glimpses at a couple of jump shots. I, I think they need to make an emphasis on getting Giannis into the paint and sort of off of that three point line. I mean, he's, he's, he's a much improved shooter from where he used to be. Um, but he's still not necessarily like they're going to back off of him in the playoffs. They're going to give him space. They're going to let him shoot that all day long if he wants to. So I'd say really just try and attack the basket, put the pressure on the defense. you got shooters in the corners. Trust your guys. You know, Brent Forbes is capable of heating up at any point. Obviously, Middleton's had a great playoff run as well. Brooke Lopez will be spotting up in the corner. So I would expect them to have Giannis, uh, ball in Giannis's hands a lot like they've been doing, get him going downhill to the rim, putting pressure on the defense kicking it out, and that's sort of the recipe for success uh, for the Bucks. You think they let uh, you think they let Giannis's brother run or no? Be, be real with me. <laughs> you he, think played, they let he, he played in Game Seven. He played a little bit. He's he's not. Eh, I don't I don't know what he's up to. I don't know why he's on that team. But bro, he's you know. he's he's twenty nine, man. Yeah, he's old. That's what people forget. He's the older brother there. He's I don't. Uh, something seems like a little bit of. A little bit of a favor to Giannis on that one, if you ask me. I, I think Giannis called to bring him on the team. And to be fair, and to be fair, he's he's another body, right? Like, he's another guy that if you need guys to take fouls, you'll jump in there and start. And he's a guy that you can let take fouls because nobody's going to fuck with him because he's yeah. fucking huge. So, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're, yeah. Getting, you're getting a goon, essentially, for, for what? 750000 What's the league minimum? Seven fifty. Yeah, he's not, he must be on the minimum. There's no way he's not on the minimum. He might he might be one. He might be at one mil. Yeah, I think he might be at one mil. Um, you know, kind of flipping over the script over going out to the west. What do you think about that uh, Clippers and Suns game today? With both having an absolute field day. That was a great game. I loved watching that. Part of it is because I'm probably the biggest Clippers hater out there, but I had a great time watching that. That was the best game I've ever seen Devin Booker play, and I've been. I'd like to say I've been following his career pretty closely. His his playmaking has really come along. I think he ended up with 11, 12 assists today maybe. 
uh, playing point guard in Chris Paul's absence, filling in very nicely. And his defense was very impressive as well. He, he got switched on to Paul George a couple times late in the game, and he was able to force him into some tough shots. And PG had some some really tough makes as well. But I was super impressed with Devin Booker today. Super impressed with DeAndre Ayton as well. Uh, and Cameron Payne. Let's not forget about Cameron Payne. He did a great job sort of filling in the gaps today, um, taking over for CP in that starting point guard spot. Hey, good, good on Cameron Payne though, man. A lot of people, out of the league. A lot of people talk shit about him. I think he's, I think he's a pretty solid player, man. Yeah, and, he's and for, he's turned himself into. Value, and for the value that he like for like the monetary value that he brings, man, that's a steal and a half. Yeah, he turned in, himself into a really solid player. He he was pretty much a nothing uh, for the first little bit of his career. He bounced around a little bit. He was actually on the Raptors training camp squad a few years ago. He's a Raptors uh, Quebec City training camp legend. Didn't end up making the team. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we kind of let one go there. We could have a nice little backup point guard for us. But good to see him doing well. He's a fun player. No, he is. And um... – Kind of a little fucked up thing to say, but I forgot Luke Kennard was still in the league. Um, just kind of looking at the stats now, and uh, yeah, Kennard had six points apparently. I don't know where that came from, but uh, uh that actually that brings up a good point. Is a lot of people are giving a lot of love to Ty Lue, and I mean, rightfully so. He's he's you know, he was able to turn Cleveland around and he's able to sort of dig the Clippers out of a few of these you know, 2 0 series deficits here, and he's he's done a pretty good job with that team, but I don't really know what he's doing with his rotations i mean in the playoff like you had all season and obviously this is where the whole lack of continuity issue comes in with the clippers like you had all season to figure out what your rotation is going to be and you know obviously there's the added element of serge Ibaka was kind of in and out and now he's out for the playoffs and obviously Kawhi's now hurt and you got some injuries here and some some other stuff going on over there but like it's a different rotation every game and Luke Kennard didn't play for the first five games of the first round. And then all of a sudden you're throwing him in there. He's playing big minutes in game seven. Terrence Mann is sort of in and out of the rotation. looks like he's solidified himself. Now DeMarcus cousins played today, like played heavy minutes today. Same with Zubats is sort of, you never know how many minutes you're going to play. And for me, that's, that's a bit of a red flag as a, as a player is, you know, when it comes to playoff time, especially we're in the third round of the playoffs here, I want to know, like, I want a clear expectation of sort of what the rotation is. Am I going to be playing in this series? You know, obviously you always want to be ready to go, but I think that's a little unfair of Ty Lue to just sort of be making up these rotations as he goes along, it seems. No, and I, I think, I think a big issue with this is the lack of not knowing what you have, right? Like we look at Nick, we look at you and I roast Nick Batum every time we get the chance, and rightfully so because Nick Batum, um, what he, uh, where was he ice? Um, uh, Nick Batum got a big contract from Charlotte, and Nick Batum fooled the whole league. He was on Charlotte last year. He looked like he did not care at all. He averaged like three points a game. He looked like he was completely washed up, and then he's now he's playing small ball center for the Clippers, and he's doing serviceable job so good for him but yeah exactly like it's it's kind of like you don't know what you have type of thing yeah so Nick Batuba on Portland was an absolute machine remember it was yeah, Dave Rowland, McCollum, Wesley Matthews, Batum, Aldridge um whoever was at the five at the time Robin Lopez Robin yeah. Lopez right so then the, he got paid big money and he sucked and now you're kind of depending on Nick Batum to give you big minutes um like you said the uh, DeMarcus Cousins you know, 
hadn't really played that much, and now you're kind of throwing him in and expecting big minutes or big, uh, big things out of him. Um, Marcus Morris Sr., who's another guy who you never know the level of consistency you're going to get from him. It's either 20 or 5. It's, it's never, there's yeah. no in between with him. Um, Terrence Mann, like you said the other night, he had an absolute bucket, and today he had nine points on 27 minutes. Yep. So, um, like you said, it's 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 difficult for Ty Lue. Uh When I look at the Suns, I look at a solidified rotation. I think Jay Crowder is the most underrated player on this in this team. He's been um, huge. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. I will defend Jay Crowder to the day I die on the Suns team. You know, has done everything that the Suns need him to do, everything that Monty Williams needs from a, a forward, right? Uh, defensively, absolute uh, rock. Scoring-wise, put up 13 and a guy who, you know, you really don't think about when it comes to scoring. Um, Mikkel Bridges, uh, another guy, unreal. Uh, Cameron Johnson, another not a bad game for him. Um, I think I think the Suns team could very much head to the finals. I see the Suns at this at this point in time after you know game one of the West Finals and before game one of the East Finals. I see the Suns as the clear runaway favorites to win the championship, in my opinion. And it's weird to say because I'm not gonna lie, I I I did doubt Phoenix coming into the season. I, I didn't think they had it in them. I kind of wrote them off, but now as the series goes on and and everything kind of starts moving along, I think Phoenix has a very very uh, good chance at uh, at making a finals here. And it depends who they play, but I think Phoenix. I think it's my pick now to take the whole thing. Yeah, we're on the same page on that one. I think they're. You talked about the we talked about the pace with Atlanta that they play with, and Phoenix really just takes that up to a whole other level. And they're one of the best. They're probably the best passing team that's left in the playoffs. And like you mentioned, they've got shooters. Mikel Bridges is for me one of my favorite players to watch in the league. Shout out your uh, your Villanova guy there, and he, he's a great cutter. And another guy, you know, all comes back to the Sixers. They traded him on draft night for Zaire Smith. You remember Zaire Smith? Yes. Yes, a little bit. Played 13 games in the league and is now out of the league. Been out of the league for a couple of years. And they just gave away Mikal Bridges for free. How how great of a fit would Bridges be on that Sixers team? Yes, you're right. You're right. They did give him away for nothing. Yeah, like I said, the Sixers, back to what we were saying, the Sixers don't really have a plan. And yep. you know, when you get rid of a guy like Bridges, who's now absolutely – but at the same time, like – Bridges' offensive style kind of complements Phoenix, right? Bridges will Bridges is a perimeter guy. Like, forget the one or two drives he's a game. He's where that's where he stays. Yeah, and a lethal defender he is too. By the way, like absolutely shut down defender. He played pretty good defense on on Paul George in this uh, first game here, and he's going to be the number one matchup for him going forward. But I think Bridges is super underrated. I think he's a great player, and he's only in his second, third year now, and I think he's he's only going to keep blossoming into, into a star, and his offense is just going to keep getting better. He'll, he'll need to add a little bit more sort of off-the-dribble stuff, but with it, with the, it looks like the player development system they got going on in Phoenix there. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a multi-time all-star going forward. No, it's, it's, it's interesting to see. Um, now i got to ask you, if the Clippers do lose, you know, this series, what do you, what do you see for Kawhi and Paul George moving forward? Is Paul George on the move again? Um, I think they'll both be back. I think you have the cushion of the Kawhi injury and 
They haven't really clarified on that Kawhi thing, but it doesn't sound great. I don't. I'd be surprised if he came back during this playoff. So I, I would expect them to come back. I think Kawhi, the whole reason he sort of left in the first place was that he wanted to go home. He wanted to spend some time with the uh, in Los Angeles with his family and and stuff like that. So I'd be pretty shocked if he um, if he left after only two years. And same with Paul George. He's an LA guy. He's from there. So I think they'll probably run it back. Um, but they need to fill some holes on that team too. As much as Reggie Jackson has been playing out of his mind in this playoffs and very frustrating to me as, you know, the number one Clippers hater that I know, um, he seems to be making every single shot that he looks at. Uh, he's not the, the long-term answer at point guard, in my opinion. I think they do need a pure point guard and Rondo hasn't got gotten them what they need is, uh, either. So I think they'll be looking for a point guard in the off season, probably another Kyle Lowry destination team there. Um, I, I I would expect both of them to be back. And uh, this stat just came up on my uh, on my timeline here. Ben Simmons missed more free throws in two in two rounds than Steve Nash did his entire playoff career. Oof, that's terrible. Uh, that that's uh, that's another issue they might have to address is uh, is free throw shooting. Um, you know we're kind of coming to the close now. What do you see in that in the you know in the predictions for Philadelphia? You know, kind of wrapping it up here. Yeah, Philly, like I said, I think they're going to look to trade Ben Simmons, but I don't I don't know if there's going to be a market for him. I mean, he's he's been very shaky during this playoffs, to say the least, and the whole league is watching, right? It's not just us seeing this and, and commenting on it. All these teams, are they've got their coaches, scouts, GMs, all watching these games. So they had a chance to trade him for James Harden back in January, and they didn't do it. And now I think they're going to even – struggle to get like we're talking about like Chris Tapps Porzingis Dennis Schroeder as a potential return for him when they could have had yeah, James right so it's tough for, look for the first players. overall pick yeah you're right 100 percent man yeah Liam brother it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show as always um obviously once these two series are about we'll be we'll back we'll be back at it with the finals preview we'll get Jay Merchant on the show um but again thank you man uh it's been a great day of basketball you know uh congrats to Phoenix fans and Atlanta fans on the W Liam, bro, again, absolute pleasure. We're going to hope to see you in September in class. And, I'll uh, see you around on campus. And how fun has these playoffs been, just by the way, before we end it off here? Everyone always gives the NBA a lot of flack for, you know, being too predictable and everybody knows who's going to win every year. But these playoffs are just completely wide open. I have no idea who's going to win on any given night. There's been a lot of surprises and it's been a ton of fun. So I, I've really enjoyed this playoffs and looking forward to that finals preview here in a couple weeks no man I, i've been i've been enjoying it uh you know especially the suns lakers series even though i did have the lakers winning that series i'm unbelievable bro i think uh the league's done a great job of now kind of balancing itself out um and i think going forward i think a lot of players are starting to realize that it's not all about ring chasing i think now players are going to start to realize that you know you can ring chase with any team essentially right phoenix was plus 6500 to even make it to the finals right yep. let alone win it so now everybody's kind of figured out that it's 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 team basketball, it's a team sport. I think we're kind of going back to the uh, to the old roots of uh, of the game. And uh, I agree. Like you said, you know, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, back in a couple of weeks with a preview. And uh, other than that, we should enjoy ourselves. And uh, you know, Liam, happy early Canada Day. And uh, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll get another one in before. Absolutely, looking forward to it, and always a pleasure. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you guys for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Liam, again, thank you for coming on. We'll see you guys in the next episode.